Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is sponsored by EPM. EPM is passionate about helping their clients succeed. From the very beginning, they set out to be different from other companies. Their diverse team of experts working in a collaborative entrepreneurial culture bring fresh thinking and creative solutions every day. They live and breathe their brand's mission and vision. EPM is all about empowerment, and through it all, they will continue to offer top financial service, communication, and assistance to the communities they serve. Get connected today by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers, uh, AIM president of membership here. Also, I have my own broker shop in Michigan. Uh, today, I'm very, very excited. I'm always excited, though, and that's fine when we're we're talking when I'm talking to people like like our next guest here. Uh, but we have the broker owner of Fulcrum Home Loans, Braden Shaw. Now, Braden, just to kind of give you a quick introduction. Uh, it was funny. I met Braden at UWM at Success Track, and yep. uh, you know, we we went off to the side. We had a great conversation, and I literally just looked at him and I said, "We need to get you on a podcast right away." So, <laughs> Braden, thanks for joining us today. Of course, thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. So let's hop right into it. Um, I see one similarity that we have that we both played college basketball. Is that what got you into the mortgage business? I'm kidding. Just so everyone knows, <laughs> he played he played way bigger basketball than I did. But no, Brandon, if you can give us your background, your history, how you got started in this industry, how long you guys have been around, the 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 scope of your your company, it's all yours. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I played college ball, studied finance, was going to go investment banking, private equity, have fun in that world. Um, ended up getting married and having a kid younger than I thought I would and didn't want to go to the 80 hour work weeks in New York. So realized I had to pivot and just kind of fell into mortgages. I feel like that's the story of everyone that I talked to inside of mortgages. No one plans on it. Um, loved real estate, loved finance, seemed to be the good mesh that I kind of went for. Um, so I started, I stumbled into a broker shop, didn't know the difference between broker and retail, was there for about six months. I was a satellite office in another state. Um, Phenomenal company of no ill to talk about them. They had one processor funding about a hundred loans. Oh wow! Um, and so she's amazing, but it wasn't the <laughs> service that I no, wasn't the service I wanted to give to my clients. So I met up with my now business partner. We started Fulcrum Home Loans, funded our first loan in 2020. Right, his rates were dropping. We in February. Um, so yeah, it's been a three three and a half year run. Um, we have about 50 LOs, 100 staff total. And I think later this month, we funded about 60 million. So we should do six, 700 million this year um, if we can keep going. But this year has been crazy, as we all know. Yeah, it's, it's been a little tough. But I also think that there's still room for growth. And I something sure. hit the fan here soon that we go, OK, start to stabilize yep. a little bit more. Um, so and tell me again, what state are you in? So we're in Idaho. We have branches in different states, California, Utah, Washington, kind of all over, but most of us are in Idaho. And now are you, from, from your standpoint uh, and your partner standpoint, do you guys produce right now or are you just kind of managing and, and writing, you know, and writing the ship? We all produce. So we don't have any non-producing branch managers or owners. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Each their own, every single broker shop's different, but starting up a broker shop, I feel like I had to produce to get this thing off the ground to where I wanted to go. But yeah, we produce and, and I love it. I like talking to clients. Now I've delegated a lot of it, which I'm sure we'll get into, but um, I enjoy producing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think, and once again, to each his own, 
I just yeah. know myself, I feel like I have to produce, whether it's small or large, uh, not only just to be in it, but just also kind of, that's how you learn the changes that are going on in our industry, because there's always changes happening yep. within our industry at all times. So, okay. Yep. Now, one of the big things that you guys use, I think is social media, correct? Yeah, it's been recent, but social media has kind of been a game changer for us in this market. So how many, because when I was talking to our producer and shout out to him, Julian, he does a great job for us. You went from how many followers to how many followers on social media? <laughs> I went from about, I think I had 4,000 followers in May and I'm over a hundred, I don't know, 110,000, something like that right now. So it was a quick, a quick run the last six months. Okay. Now what platforms are you using? I only do Instagram. Occasionally I throw stuff on TikTok. Everyone that uses social media kind of gets mad at me that I'm not repurposing content and putting it all over there. But it's not my full-time job. I spend maybe an hour or two a week on it, uh, film videos, push them out there. And so I've just only done Instagram. Okay, now like, give me, give me an example of like what videos you do. Is it all mortgage related? Is it some personal stuff? What, like, what's your feel or is it just like, I just gotta put like almost like the Gary Vee thing. I'm putting content out there. I really don't care what it is. Yeah, so shout out to Brian Decker. He doesn't even know who I am, but I listened to his UWM live <laughs> and that's what kind of kicked this whole thing off. So um, I used to put a lot of content out there, but it was all mortgage based. What an escrow account is, how to do this, how to do that. And it just, I mean, no one watched it. I had followers because of my friends and family and stuff like that, but it wasn't really taking off. And it wasn't until he said, can create content that the everyday person wants to consume. And that's when I kind of shifted and went towards net worth and business ownership and sales and um, more that kind of vein, if you would. Um, and that's when it really started to take off. People don't really care about mortgages except for every four to seven years when they buy a home, they'll consume media around mortgages for like two weeks and then they're out again. Like the people that are consuming that are other mortgage people, maybe realtors, stuff like that. And that just wasn't the demographic I was going for. So. I created around net worth, business ownership, tax reduction strategies, that kind of those pillars. Um, and it's worked well. I, I will say before we dive into social media too deep, I feel like there's so much luck in this. Like the more that I produce <laughs> on social media, the more I realize there's an algorithm that none of us understand and it just pushes certain videos. All of video I think is phenomenal. It'll get 10,000 views. I have a, a video that I think is eh, it's all right. And it will get 2 million views. Like it's so hard to predict what's doing it. But that's the thing, you just have to be in the game. The more videos you're putting out there, the more chance you have of one of them taking off and going viral and doing what you need to to get followers. And so you can't always predict what's gonna go viral, but if you're playing the game enough, eventually you'll get rewarded. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So now, who, who currently would you say is your audience? Like who, is it just everyone or is it like, I mean, really how much business do you think you get from this? Yeah, so it's been, that's where I'm at right now, is trying to track this, figure it out, stuff like that. I get between 10 and 15 DMs a day right now asking for advice on mortgages, real estate advice, second opinions on quotes, stuff like that. Um, I probably, I think I closed seven units last month that I can directly tie back to social media. Um, so it's starting to give me numbers that I can track, but honestly, the bigger benefit is I have realtors reach out to me constantly now. Like, hey, found you on social media, would love to help this investor client. I think you guys speak the same language. It just gives me those introductions to other business professionals that before I was cold calling and hitting up as much as I can doing what I need to. 
Now they're coming to me asking me to help and it's completely changed the game where now I have something of value to add to them because they think I'm more knowledgeable than I actually am just because they only see me on social media, but they're coming to me asking for help, which has been super nice. Yeah. You just take that like complete cold call out of the way. And now, I mean, those are, those are warm, fuzzy calls. Yeah. You put one video out there with a call to action and that video may get a thousand hours of viewership. To me, that's like a thousand hours of me out there hitting the phones, trying to do it. You know what I mean? It's a way to repurpose your time in the sales time that we know we all need to do and go direct to these consumers or realtors or whatever it is. And so it's a way for me to get back some of my time and stay in front of these people without having to call every single one of my realtors every single week. I can put out a video that I know they'll watch and it's my touching base with them for the week. That's pretty amazing. Now you got my mind spinning <laughs> right now. I mean, like, I just got to dive into this a little bit deeper. Like, do you, yeah. I know you said you do like, you know, wealth, wealth management, real estate. Like, do you have your own algorithm, we'll say, or your own, like, how do you set that up for the week? Is something just, you read something and pop in your head and you go, oh, this would be good for my video. Like how much planning goes into it? Yeah, so I'm not taking uh, credit for this. This is literally Brian Decker. If you haven't seen his video at UWM Live, it's on, you, it's on YouTube, go watch it. But I took what he said. He said, content goes viral, so you need to find that viral content and recreate it. And so I follow a lot of people out there inside the finance world and will flip through social media for 45 minutes or an hour and every single video is finance now just because I trained my feed. And whenever I see one, I'm like, oh, that's really good advice, I'll just hit save. And I'll do that throughout the week and come up with 15, 20 videos that I like. And then once a week I sit down inside this studio and we'll just record for like 45 minutes. And then I have a video editor that I pay that he edits it. I did it for a long time. You don't need a video editor. Um, it's just one more thing that I could delegate. Um, but I only film for about 45 minutes a week. He splices it up into seven to 10 videos and we put it out there. So I really am watching I don't really take a lot from Gary Vee, but people like that because most people know him and we'll just see, oh, he talked about sales using this analogy. I really like that. Let me tweak it into my life. And then I'll just do a spin off into it of something that I can find applicable and run with it that way. So a lot of it really is, it's not clickbait, but it's stuff that I've already found that is successful. There's no reason for me to recreate the wheel. Let's just film content around what's already successful and repurpose it. Wow. That's uh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, no, uh, that's a huge shout out to UWM to Brian Decker, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it. I remember seeing him there, but there was a lot going on uh, yeah, it was. that day, especially for us and aim. So that's great. All right. So you, you have this great social media thing going, they're calling you, you get them in the door. Um, tell me about your system and processes right now. Like what's your, what's your tech stack? What is when, when you finally get a client, what are you, what are you putting them into? Yeah. So when a client calls in, I have an introductory call, um, 10 minutes or so. And I ask the basic questions, try to figure out what path, where they're at, timeline, referral source, all that kind of stuff. Um, then I use an online application system. I don't take them over the phone. Um, so I send them a templated email that walks them through registering for do not call. So we don't get those trigger leads, filling out the application, what documents I need based on the conversation I had, it's all pre-templated. It's just a signature inside of Outlook that I'm sending off and I just delete the stuff that doesn't apply. Um, they will then go into our website, fill out an application. We have an, in the back end of our website, we have a document portal as well. So upload documents there and all that kind of stuff. And then once they 
do that and fill out their application, it comes onto my desk and I actually run the pre-approval. Um, but the thing that I learned pretty quickly is when you start producing more units, as you go from five to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 40, um, you have to make sure that you have a system that is dialed in. Um, I don't remember where I heard it, but someone said, if you don't have the same system for every single borrower, then one borrower has the worst experience that month and one has the best. If everyone's going through the exact same system, then everyone can have the best experience. And so that made me really sit down and think about my process and what's going on and what the borrower's experiencing. So everyone has the exact same experience every single time. And we've gone super granular with it um, and spent a lot of time on that process and, and what the buyer needs to go through so that they feel taken care of. So yeah, it's, it's been quite a bit. It's, it's not only, it's not only making sure they get a good experience, but it also probably keeps you on track and you in line and, and probably streamlines everything for you. Oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah. When you have a hundred plus leads coming in to keep track of it, you have to be systems oriented. And so it's down to like our emails. I think I have over 60 templated emails that me and my team use throughout the process. And they sound very personalized. They're not the gimmicky congratulations, so-and-so. Like they sound very personalized. We put a lot of thought process into it, but the same email goes out to the same borrower at the same point in the process on every single loan. And so that way we know that they've been communicated with, over-communicated with throughout that process, exactly how I want them to receive it. Um, my business partner always says, if a client asks a question, it means we didn't communicate well enough. And so every single time we field a question in from a client, we write it down. Why was that question asked? And how can next time we preemptively answer the question so that one, we can control the time. We know when we're communicating with them in the way that we want to communicate with them, but also it just makes us look like that expert. Oh, that's, a, that's a great idea. Now, do you, guys, do you guys utilize video at all? Like video within your emails? <laughs> we just started. So I rolled it out like two weeks ago. Um, Bonzo, I just signed up with Bonzo, um, have it integrated into our pipeline manager. And so when we hit certain milestones, I have a really honestly bad quality video that looks like I'm just in my computer with a webcam up, <laughs> make it look like I filmed it that morning um, and just walk them through the next step. Hey, this is where your loan's at. These are your next steps. They can't tell that that is being sent to every single client because it just looks like a bad quality video that I did on the spot. But yeah, we've implemented a couple of those and I want to keep going into, I really like it. Creates that relationship a little bit more, stuff like that. But we're no expert in that field and we're trying to learn it right now. Yeah, I have uh, I have a couple templates I use and I use, um, uh, okay, what's it called? Yeah, BombBomb. Bomb. I use BombBomb. Bomb. And, yeah. uh, you know, just, it's a, it's a template that goes in and then it just has that little personalized video that it takes me less than one minute to shoot. You know, and just say, hey, Braden, thanks for whatever, you know, here's your next steps and read them above. If you have any questions, call me. People absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I, yeah, that's where I want to get to. I want to just have a stack on my desk. Hey, these are the four that you need to film today and I can just pump them out in five minutes. Um, it's those personalized touches that, that kind of work. And when you look at retail, yeah, when you look at retail, there are bad LOs inside retail. We get that. But if you get a loan into Fairway, let's say, their system is so dialed that any LO, the loan's going to go through how it's supposed to. Now, it may take 30 to 40 days, and it may not be the best experience, but they have their system so dialed that they can throw any LO in there, and it just works. 
And I feel like that's what's missing from the broker world is because we're all individual shops and we all have our own process. One broker can have no process. The other one can be super dialed in. And so the, the experience is so different. And so, yeah, that'd be my advice to a lot of brokers is spend a week, like don't prospect for one week, eight hours a day, look at your process, figure out what emails you want sent, how you want the application received, what gifts you want sent. Like I know a broker that sends every single pre-approval, one of my LOs inside of my company, every pre-approval, he sends a popcorn thing to their place of work um, to congratulate them on a pre-approval with his name branded on it. So that way the employee is out there sharing with the other employees saying, hey, so-and-so did my loan. He just sent me this, this is sweet. But like he's so dialed in every single process um, and it gets him a ton of loans. He's he's always in the top 10 of the nation, Brandon Allen. And it's just because his systems are so dialed. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I like that. Just, I mean, hell, let's just be honest here. If you can take a week off, especially right now, it's not like yeah. <laughs> they're pumping out tons and tons and tons of refis. <laughs> um, yeah, just go in. And, and, and if I'm not mistaken, you wrote down your process, didn't you? Yeah, it's, I forgot what we're up to now. It's like 130 steps or something like that. And it's always been fine-tuned and tweaked, but this email goes out, this communication goes out, this phone call is here. We're ordering title insurance. Like it is very, very granular. And it's just a step-by-step process. Um, And another thing that does is it allows you to delegate. So once you have a system and a process that is the same every time, and it takes you a while to get to that, but now those 130 steps, now I figure out what are the five steps that I need to do. The other 125, I can delegate out because it's done on every file the exact same way and it's templated out. Now it may be in my name and from my email address and from my phone, like the client doesn't know. But once you have that process, you can start to delegate and grow. I like that. Yeah. Once you have your process in place, you can delegate. That's awesome. Certain steps. I absolutely love that. Now, one thing you also talked to your loan officer about is you, you said, I think you said, you know, consider themselves as a business owner. What, what do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I just think it brings a different ownership onto the process. Um, every company is different. So you have to figure out with your broker shop, what freedom you have here. Um, But when you think of yourself as a business owner, you start to realize that you control the systems, you control the marketing, you control the experience and a processor from your company or whatever they provide is just there to help you in your business. Um, Most businesses invest in themselves. Like I feel like loan officers often will take 95, 99% of their paycheck and it goes right into their personal account. Where if you start thinking of yourself like a business, you have 20% to marketing, 20% to growth. You know what I mean? Like if you start, changing your frame of mind to thinking I'm a business. How does a business operate? What are my expenses? What do I invest in? What's my process? How do I build this? How do I scale? Your, that shift inside your mind will often get you to that next level that you're wanting to go instead of just hunkering down and selling, 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 create something and, and use that creative ability to, to create a company within your brokerage. And that's when you start to get identity. That's when loan officers start to, or sorry, realtors start to respect you more and stuff is because they, they see you owning something and that's your brand and your business. Now that you brought up realtors, I, I want to talk about that. Obviously we know how your clients feel. You know, you, you got that step-by-step process. Everyone's getting a good experience. It's the same way. 
they're having popcorn delivered to their offices sometimes, you know, all that good stuff. What, for you guys, what's the difference between the client experience and the realtor experience? So everything we just said about the client, do it for the realtor. <laughs> Spend another week and think about the realtor. Honestly, the realtor <laughs> shouldn't go out to consumers, but the realtor is more your client than the consumer in a lot of ways. Um, they're your source of business that's going to be sending you recurring business. And so I feel like a lot of us focus on the borrower a ton and all the communication and the bomb bomb videos and everything that's going out and the gifts and the, the explanation. And then like, we just do Tuesday updates for our realtors um, where we could do so much more and create an entire experience around the realtor as well. We have a ton of templated emails. Thank you for the lead. This is where your leads at. We follow up pre-approvals, everything. The experience around a realtor needs to be just as dialed as the experience around a borrower. Um, and it takes time to formulate that and create that. And you have to be smart with RESPA. You can't do gifts because this is very deal oriented. So you have to really think through how can I say thank you in a meaningful way to my realtor the same every single time they give me a deal. Um, but that client experience, replicate that, turn it to the realtor, do it again. And if you want to go a step further, like I get a lot of business from title reps. Every state is different in how they operate title. We have BDRs, AEs, whatever you want to call them inside the title world that all they do is network. And so I create an experience for them um, and make sure that they have an experience throughout my, it's not as robust, but they get communicated multiple times throughout a transaction as well saying, thank you. Let me know if you can introduce me. Insurance is another one. Like every single party inside the transaction should have an automated process around them so that they stay in front of you, your name's in front of them, you can get business from them. It may not be a lot, but that automated systemized process will get you a lot of business. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I've always, trust me, we, we've always talked about realtors and, and whatnot and how to treat them. Uh, but at the same time, you're, you're right. Anyone that you get a referral from almost, you know, you should give them an experience because it's just going to want them to do it more. Yeah, it's, yeah. Everyone has those realtors that will, they won't force their clients to use me, but push a whole lot stronger than other realtors. We have that realtor, oh, here's four realtor or loan officers, pick one, call them. And then we have the one that says, no, you need to call my guy. Like no one can do it better. And trying to figure out how you got that loyalty from that one realtor and then replicate that. Because if you can get five, 10, 15 realtors doing that, then you'll start closing some serious volume. Dude, that's awesome. I absolutely love this. Now, okay, last question about your, like, your processes and systems and stuff like that. Obviously you have, and I love the fact, everything you've said, I think, you know, we, we need to take, take in, which is write things down, have a process for everything. It can be 126 steps, whatever, but you have all these steps, you got all this going on. One individual just can't do that. So how did you decide, where did you learn? What mistakes did you make delegating some of these things? <laughs> delegating is so difficult. So I've been through almost all the coaching programs, the core mortgage marketing animals. Like I've done a lot of the different coaching programs and taken nuggets from it. Um, but when I was with the freedom club, uh, my coach said, he's the one that started this, right? Every single process down, you should have at least a hundred steps inside of a loan. So I did that and that was my homework the next week. He said, choose five. That's all you're allowed to do as a loan officer are five of those hundred. And so it was difficult. Like it was really, really difficult to figure out what are the five money-making activities that I want control of. And that's all that I focus on every single day. Um, but 
you have to figure out how to do that. And then once you've done that, you look at the other 95 and you start figuring out who could you delegate to. Um, and this is the chicken or the egg thing. Um, eventually you have to hire, but it takes volume to hire. And so it's this thing where you're gonna be doing 95 of those steps to start. It's just nature of the game. And you'll figure out how to get 10 of them off to your processor. And then I have a BDR that's commission only. They're a marketing rep for me. He can take 20 of them. I don't have to pay him a salary. He's basically commission draw oriented, all that kind of stuff. So you start figuring out how to hire and stuff. But one of my biggest mistakes was waiting too long to hire. Um, I hired my first loan partner when I was doing 12, 13 deals a month. I should have done it when I had four or five deals a month and just learned to live on less money <laughs> and yeah, implemented right. that earlier. Because the problem I had is I was so ingrained with these realtors that when you bring a loan partner in and try to introduce them to a realtor and say, hey, this is who you send your leads to. This is who pre-approves for you. It was, I had to take one step back to take two steps forward. And I lost some realtors doing it that way and handing it off. But I knew that by capturing my time back, eventually I would grow. But yeah, it's, there's a, there's a lot there that I could train on and how we've handed off and stuff like that. But my advice would hire early, doesn't have to be full-time. You can always hire part-time, find another loan officer inside your company that's struggling and say, Hey, I'll give you a thousand bucks a month. If you help me with these 15 tasks on my deals though, I mean, there's a lot of people inside of broker shops that would do that. And so you can start figuring out, find other licensed professionals inside your broker shops that you can help, or you can hire for part-time work, but figure out how to get more and more of your time back to those money-making activities so that you can scale. Um, yeah. Cause it's, it's fun. I mean, two, five, 10, 15 million month, dollar months are, those are fun months to have, but you've got to, you can't do it alone. It's impossible to do it alone. Right. Right. I mean, there are those few crazy people out there that can do it alone, but how to sustain that for a long time. I don't know. Every, I don't know how they do it. Every time I hear Todd bitter talk, it's like, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, man. Like he's closing eight to 10 million a month with very limited help when he was at his old broker shop. And so there are some that can do it, but there's a much easier way to do it in my opinion. Yeah. All right. So last thing, obviously you got a lot going on, um, and, you know, and I appreciate your time, but last thing I want to talk about is Fuse. Uh, Fuse is right around the corner. I know, I know Fulcrum Home Loans is bringing out a crew. Uh, you went last year, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's where I yeah. first met you. Uh, yeah. What tell, tell me what you liked about Fuse last year and what you're kind of looking forward to and why people should come. Yeah, Fuse is awesome. Every single time I walk away with a to-do list of 50 items that I want to implement into my business. Um, and implementing those items are going to earn me 10 times the amount of money going to Fuse and spending two days away from the family. So it's worth every single penny. Um, my favorite are actually the breakout sessions. Um, mm -hmm. Those breakout sessions are very granular. They get into the business. You get to find a professional at a specific thing and kind of, kind of hone into it. So yeah, I love Fuse. I love the breakout sessions. I love the information I get from it. But honestly, one of the biggest takeaways is the community and the network that I built from it. Opportunities have come. I can't tell you how many loans I've gotten from brokers I've met at Fuse that are over in North Carolina or New York or Florida or something. And every single lead they get on the West Coast, they hit me up first. Hey, are you licensed in Washington? Are you licensed in Texas? And I've closed, I probably closed 10 loans a year 
just off relationships that I've built at Fuse. And so you've got to go there, get outside your shell, talk to the person next to you, network, use it for what it's worth. The information's great. I love the breakout sessions, but the community and the people that you meet there are by far the best part about it. Wow, Julian, we're gonna have to put that on recording because I'm gonna have to say that because that was absolutely perfect. What you what you just <laughs> said. That. A commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also say I usually end it by saying the lenders throw the best after parties too, but that's that's neither here nor there if you're a party or so. Uh, but no, no, I, it, you know, Brandon, you're absolutely right. You know, and I, I think that's uh, the people that get the most out of fuse are the ones that are willing to put down, you know, take off their shell, put down their shield, whatever you want to say, and go into people and just be like, hey, I'm Mark. Where are you from? How are you doing business? Tell me about yourself. You, you gain these relationships. You get deals from people. It's it's you're absolutely right. It's it's amazing. But you have to go in there invested. If you're just going to go in there and listen the entire time, I agree. You can still get you know 25, 50 things to take away. But if you really want to invest in yourself, you know, do what you just said. The so I've been going for four or five years, and I remember coming back after year one and going to my business partner because he wasn't there. He's like, "How was it?" And don't get offended, Mark, but I said, honestly, that was one of the most clickish places I've been. I met no one. And mm -hmm. I said that because I didn't put myself out there. Like when you walk into these conferences, there is a group of people that have been together for 10 years and you'll know who they are. Like they're very established inside of AIM. They're part of leadership. They're speaking up on stage. And the first time I went, I just sat in my corner, didn't talk to a soul, wrote down my notes and walked away. I was like, eh, like I didn't love it. And then the next year I was like, you know what, I'm going to go introduce myself to those people. And I went in the nicest people I've ever met. Like I still talk to a lot of them. Um, there are brokers inside my own state. Shout out to Melissa, like me and Melissa Puckett will go grab lunch and call each other and talk inside our own state when we could be competitors. And so it's completely on you. It's what you want to get out of it. You can go and say, wow, no one talked to me, but that also means you didn't talk to anyone. So you've got to reach out. It's not, yeah, the people there are some of the nicest people you meet. And if you just reach out, it's worth it. I 100% agree. Well, Brandon, hey, but thank you so much for taking time out of your day uh, to do this. I absolutely love this podcast. I love all my podcasts, but I absolutely love this one. And, you know, I just want to thank you for uh, for joining us and and just opening up yourself to to everyone. For sure. Thanks for having me. No problem. All right, brokers, if you want to get caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all the broker to broker podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google, anywhere else you can download a podcast. Do me a favor, leave a review, subscribe to it. Um, it helps us get it and spread the word that brokers are better. Brayden, you're definitely one of them, my man, and I, I really appreciate your time again. Thanks. Attention brokers, step up to the plate and knock it out of the park at the largest annual gathering of independent mortgage professionals in the country, AIM's sixth annual Fuse National Conference. Katie Sweeney, Matt Ishbia, Renee Rodriguez, Dale Vermillion, and Todd Duncan round out an all-star lineup of mortgage masters. Network with thousands of MVP wholesale mortgage professionals and the industry's top brass lenders and vendors. Gear up your team and your business with electrifying keynote speakers, hands-on summit sessions, major mortgage news, and historic announcements. Get the lowest price of the season and save $200. Get your tickets at aimgroup.com backslash events that is aimgroup.com backslash events.